And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's a new day, yes it is Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome To Wild and Crazy Eyes The Athletic presents Hogan Johns Hogan for the win We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed The most important piece is we're going to take the north and never give it back From CHGO, it's Adam Hogan I don't think that this is a, a full rebuild but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flus? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogue and Johns, as we catch John taking a sip of water as the show starts on YouTube. What's going have, on, have buddy? Get the, uh, the vocal cords ready to talk. Yeah. I have a lot to say. You do? Not really. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Well, we missed you yesterday, my friend. I was at my uh, son's kindergarten graduation, yeah. and, and I like this new addition to the kindergarten world. Post-kindergarten graduation parties. That seems excessive. No. What no, are we doing I, here? I, it was a beautiful day. Little pool party. Had a few Don't beers. Don't you have enough birthday parties to go to? Now we got graduation parties. No, I was all for it. The other okay. kids were at school. All right. Couple Coronas. Didn't have to be tacos. in Hell's Hall. Didn't have to watch Justin Fields, I guess, have a bad day at practice, according to everybody. Yeah. He was. He just struggled with the deep ball. I thought everything else was fine. I think it's a little overblown. Wasn't uh, it pretty yeah. windy yesterday? It was, and that, I think that contributed to that drill everyone's talking about, including we talked about it yesterday, too. I talked about it with Ginoco. Um, he was purposely having him throw into the wind to deal with it, to simulate Soldier Field. And you cut so, through it. Um, yeah, I wasted a joke that I, I wanted to save um, for this show, and I wasted it yesterday. But did you hear what Jalen Johnson said about um, you know his, his quote that the Bears can find another cornerback, but... His daughter can't find another dad. Okay, it's a great quote. So I what was, was. What was your joke? <laughs> well, the joke w- was really said to Kevin Fishbane because you know he was pointing out that you weren't there, and I said, "Yeah, the athletic can find another columnist, but Johnson's seventeen kids can't find another dad." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that was it. Adam Johns was at a graduation party, post kindergarten graduation party, having a few beers while you guys were at Alice Hall. I mean, my kid went to kindergarten twice. We did not have any graduation parties. <laughs> exactly. Or even, we didn't even have a, a graduation. You guys in the North Burbs are missing out on this new trend. I mean, you, well, you, you people in Edison Park will find any excuse to have an adult party at the expense of hey, no, The kids, kids are there? <laughs> well, the, yeah, they're there. Pool party. Okay, pool party. Beautiful day. Beautiful It was kind of cold for a pool party, no, wasn't it? Oh, that sun was nice. At Hal's Hall, it was one of those days where, like, in Lake Forest, it's, like, kind of cold, even though it's fine everywhere else. 
Like there was that breeze coming off the lake. It was actually a little chilly out there. Oh, were you in the backfields too? No, we weren't. Uh, first time we were right there on one and two. Okay. So, because usually in that in those backfields, you'll get that uh, cold breeze coming in that kind of changes. Yeah. If you're not out there hustling around, practicing, actually getting sweaty, could change your attire a bit. Well, if, if you're playing football on the field, it was a perfect practice day because you like the slightly cooler temperatures. It was still beautiful out. You had a little breeze to cool you down too. So it, it was a it was a great day at House Hall and and um, you know, Justin did struggle with the deep ball, but. That's just not an area of his game that I'm too worried about. I think that's actually one of his strengths. Um, so is it accurate to say that yesterday's practice of the three that we've been able to watch, still a small sample size, was his worst? I think that that's accurate, but um, I, I didn't see anything else that was too concerning. In fact, every time he's still throwing a number two, it looks really, really good. Yeah, that's what Kevin said. I asked him what was going on. He goes, DJ Moore is very good. Yeah, well... And I did uh, probably similar to Kevin. I haven't had a chance to read Fish's uh, stuff this morning on the, on the Athletic, but you should check it out, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. I certainly will when we're done recording this. Um, but I did three takeaways in my newsletter this morning, and, and my big conclusion on Justin Fields just through this portion of the offseason, when he's throwing to DJ Moore, he looks like he's throwing timing routes on time. Quicker, more confidence, making that decision, getting the ball out. Those those routes and those throws are on time. That is a very good development. Now, when he's throwing everybody else, I think it's a little bit of a different story. I think it's a little bit more of a mixed bag. I think it's also important to point out that Darnell Mooney still has not been practicing. Chase Claypool has been out now for, it seems like, almost two weeks. We don't know exactly, but he missed both of the last two OTAs that we've been able to watch. Uh, over the course of the last week or so. So he's throwing in new guys. He's, But when he's going to number two, Johnsy, it does look it does look really good. It, and more, most importantly, it looks faster to me. Then I would say that uh, amounts to a successful OTAs, does it not? I, I agree. Just in I terms agree. of this this phase, phase three, phase four, whatever it is. Veteran minicamp is next week, and then they break for the summer. That would make for a successful off-season program if that chemistry has been established, especially with the timing routes. Forget like forcing the ball and you know routes on air and all that stuff. But if the timing is there against some defenders, even if it's, if it's seven on seven, to me that's a successful off-season program for your quarterback and your number one wideout. There was a play yesterday, just for example, um, and obviously I can't give away too much on like the. the the routes or anything, but I'll just say this, the right when it got to that point where you're kind of in your head, you're going one, 1,000, two. Okay. You got to throw the ball, throw the ball right when it got to that point where you're like, get rid of the ball, Justin, he zips it over the middle to DJ Moore who came wide open. So like you could tell, like that was a play that was a timing play. You got to have the protection. You got to have the route come open and then Boom, to me, and again, I'm not the coach. I don't know. But to me, watching that play with my naked eye, it felt like, okay, that was that was a good example of him knowing, got to get it out, wide receiver coming out right at the right time, and he hit him in stride over the middle. Full team or seven on seven? I believe that was, I think that was full team. Okay. So there's a little bit of pressure. Obviously, there's no contact on number yeah. one, but... 
Well, and again, yeah, and we could say literally anything we say from OTAs can be put up with an asterisk right after and saying they're not wearing pads. Absolutely. We know that. You know that at this point. Everybody's on the same page with that. Um, I know we wanted to talk some stadium stuff, too. So I think we should get into that. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Uh, again, there's uh, Fish has a bunch of stuff up on the athletic Dot com. My newsletter's out. Make sure you're signed up for that. Go to allchgo.com slash diehard. Become a diehard. Sign up for the newsletter. I'm pump, pumping those out a little bit more frequently, so hope you guys enjoy it. Um, and But there's been a bunch of stuff with the stadium in the last week, and including yesterday while we were at House Hall. Apparently, Kevin Warren was meeting with the mayor of Chicago. On the phone, right? On the phone? Over the phone? That's my uh, understanding. Okay, I didn't know that part. Um, so let me take you through my experience of it. So I was at baseball practice with my son. This is post kindergarten graduation party. So we're at baseball practice. You had a busy day yesterday. Yes. And then my youngest son who graduated from kindergarten played his instructional game. Good old coach pitch. So my phone goes off. I see it and I read the statement and I like laugh. I'm like, what was that? What was that? So I, I look it up on Twitter, find Kevin, Kevin's tweet about it, retweet it, and then I text him. I'm like, they said absolutely nothing in that statement. Yes. And his response was literally. And I know we're making fun of this. Um, you know how I feel about statements. I don't feel like every team has to put a statement about up about everything and anything. But just in terms of... Statements produced in my history of covering professional sports, that was one of the, it was a word salad. It was like a Matt Nagy word salad. <laughs> yeah, let's read it to you. And, and first of all, it, it, especially because the subject line on the email, the statement that came out, uh, when you first read it, it's probably the reaction you had, John's, when it popped up on your phone. It's like, whoa. It's like this is this could be something here. Joint statement from Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson and Chicago Bears president and CEO Kevin Warren. All right, that's got my attention. Let's click on it. 100%. In quotes, today we met and discussed our shared values and commitment to the city of Chicago, the importance of deep roots and the need for equitable community investment throughout the city. We are both committed to to the idea that the city and its major civic institutions must grow and evolve together to meet the needs of the future. We look forward to continuing the dialogue around these shared values. Well, <laughs> I guess if you didn't share those values, it would be a problem, right? Like, what, what are we even talking about? I don't know what. <laughs> Are we talking about Chicago public schools, gun violence, social justice? Like, are, are we calling a stadium? The, are we I don't calling know. Calling the Bears a major civic institution here? I mean, they probably are. I get that. Yeah. Shout out to David Hawk because I was I, I was listening this morning when I was in the car and he brought up a decent point I hadn't even thought of and I should have because I was one of the reporters who was at Hallis Hall. Um, of course, this came out after I was already home, which is maybe not a coincidence, but um, he said like, if you really wanted to make a statement about this meeting, 
you had your media right there in the building. Like, have someone come down and take questions and talk about it. Yeah. Like, if you're really, you know, so... It's probably because there's nothing to talk about. Well, yeah. Well, he, right. It sounds like... But but here's why I still think this matters. Okay, a little bit. The specifics of it are whatever. You know, certainly there was no mention or even hint in any type of stadium talk, which may or may not have happened. I would hope if, you know... If I'm the mayor, I would have taken that opportunity and that call to to bring up the stadium. And I'm, sure, and I'm sure Brandon Johnson did, like he should. Right. And if I'm Kevin Warren, the response was probably, uh, well, we're open to, like we said last week, we're open to other opportunities that, that make sense and leave it at that. Um, the reason why this does matter, though, at least a little bit, especially because they put out a statement is because of how icy this relationship has been. Well, with the previous administration. True. But also with the Park District. True. And how bad it has gotten. That part of it already existed. I mean, if you watch the the, the really good documentary that NBC Sports Chicago did on all this, I mean, it is mind-blowing. Yeah. The ineptitude coming from the city and the Park District like when the Bears are just like, hey, can we get together in the offseason to talk about the stadium and some improvements we need? And like they don't even get a response for months. Not I good. mean, that is unbelievably ridiculous. Um, And then that's on top of that, which has been building for years now. <laughs> Ted Phillips emails are just going to spam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we missed it, Ted. Sorry. Yeah, that went right to the spam folder. Um. Then you have the stupid statement that the mayor put out, Mayor Lightfoot, the former mayor, Lori Lightfoot, you know, just concentrate on beating the Packers, which while true, by the way, (laughs) it's just not the type of dialogue you have in a political relationship, I guess, is the best way to call it. So I, I do think that this is a at least a sign that, hey, look, new mayor, new president, let's try to fix this. Let's at least take a step here to get together and uh, talk because this was as as much as this might be word salad. Um, it's at least some words that because there really hasn't been any dialogue for the most part for really the last few years, which is why the Bears went as far as they did to buy a giant piece of land yeah. for a lot of money, which is something they've never, never really done in the history of their, their franchise. I, I agree with you. If you're one who wants the Bears to stay in the city of Chicago, this is a positive development, at least that there's some form of communication. Obviously, there needs to be more, and there's a long way to go for yes. something to come to fruition within the city limits. A long way to go. But, yes, in terms of having something happen, because as you previously said, not a lot has happened between the two sides in a while, and it got kind of nasty for a bit with the previous administration, Lloyd Lightfoot's administration, this is better. 100% better under Brandon Johnson. Yeah. Um, so we'll see where it goes. I, I uh, My interpretation from kind of reading all the reports uh, you know, getting on the phone myself with certain people that are somewhat on the fringe involved in all this in the area uh, and know what's going on to a certain extent. 
it seems to me, John's like if Arlington Heights wants to get this thing done and get the ball rolling, they could do that right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think this whole buying land has been a bluff. I think the Bears were prepared to go down this road. Their point on the tax assessment, while on the surface, uh, citizens everywhere are probably rolling their eyes at the idea, oh, you can just freeze your your ta- your property taxes and all that. But the, in, the, in the context of stadiums and in the context of what Churchill Downs was paying in taxes, for the tax assessor to essentially double the value was it double or almost triple it, it was in it was enormous amount yeah what, what, I'm, whatever I'm, I'm trying to look for the exact numbers here but I would say it caught the bears just based on the conversation that I've I've had with some people extremely off guard that it went that high for a facility that hasn't been in use for quite some time and is in the process of being teared down yes it doesn't how even exist it, yes how did it, it go up that much Anybody who's been to Arlington Park when it was operational, it was a beautiful place. It was, it was, it was, I loved going there. And it was a, it was a nice piece of land. And so now you're telling me that vacant and now in the process of being demolished, it's somehow worth double or triple in property taxes. Like we all understand taxes in this area are going up, but that's a political ploy. I don't know how else you look at it. Any other other than that, I'm looking for the keep talking. You're, so, you're on a roll here. I'm looking for the exact numbers. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, it's just so I, I completely understand the Bears reacting the way they did, especially when, uh, according to Mark Gannis on the score last week, earlier this week. How long has this week been? I'm confused now. Uh, I think it's only Thursday, Adam. Yeah, so it must have been earlier this week. He said most stadiums don't even have property taxes. So, in that context, you can understand why the Bears are all of a sudden like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, we'll take a meeting in Naperville. We better get on the phone with the mayor of Chicago. And I think a lot of what, especially when it comes to the school districts, and seeing some type of population in, in, uh, increase and in how you handle that, that is a very fair thing that Arlington Heights needs to work out. Um, and there needs to be some type of solution there. I understand the concerns, especially on that front. But I don't know how else you view this property tax thing as anything other than a political ploy. And I mean, I still think Arlington Heights is the overwhelming favorite, but... I just think they should be careful and not screw around with this too much. Yeah, I can't find the exact numbers right now, but it was significant just in terms of the hike. I, I want to say it was almost triple. And just like anybody who who's buying something, right? Looking at a new house, you check the taxes, right? Of course, you want to pay less. Um, politics, I think yeah, but what you said. I, I gave this analogy earlier in the week, and I realize it's not quite apples to apples. But... Let's say you bought a house, a vacant property that you are planning to demolish and build on that land. Obviously, when the whole thing's said and done, you're expecting the property tax to go up. But this is the equivalent of you knock the house down and all of a sudden you find out that they're at least doubling 
your property tax value on an empty piece of land now. Yeah, when it's done, you're, you're talking about like a home remodeling project. When it's done, putting, yes, sure. When it's done, yes. Your, your you're, taxes you're, do change. Absolutely. But for them to do that in the process of knocking it down and saying, oh, just because you bought it, it's now worth double, that you would, you would at minimum think twice about building on it. Ted Phillips used these words when like Kevin Warren was introduced, tax certainty. I asked Kevin Warren about that, the NFL owners meetings about tax certainty. And obviously you don't really give an in-depth answer because he was still exploring everything that was going on with, well, purchasing Arlington Park, but tax certainty are the buzzwords the Bears have been uh, using for some time because they, they need it with this project. Well, and, and at first I was like, okay, that seems like, I mean, I get it. I get, we all want tax certainty. That'd be great, right? So I guess if you have the power to get it, great. But then when you read more and you hear more about what stadium situations are normally like, it's totally understandable why they're asking for that. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Before we move on and we take questions from Twitter, do you see any scenario now where they stay in Chicago? To, to me, it still comes down to land. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I. I don't. I see like a less than one percent chance that they stay at Soldier Field. I think that that's like my advice to Brandon Johnson would be to to find the Bears some land in Chicago. If if you're if if you want to be serious about this, like your next conversations with Kevin Warren, where the Bears are at as a franchise, they want land. They want their own stadium. Yeah. They want their own piece of property. They want. They don't want to be tenants of the Chicago Park District anymore. They want their own stadium. Yeah, and the thing about Chicago, the thing about Chicago though is you might be able to find the land somewhere to do do the stadium. Uh, you can go back to some of those Olympic plans where they were going to build that temporary stadium. Like there, yep. it, I, I believe there's still that big chunk of land just south of Sears Tower, like right on the river. Like, not too far away from Soldier Field, just straight to the west. Um, I don't, obviously, I'm not an expert in this stuff. I don't know if that's enough land to put a stadium. Um, But you're not going to get the whole real estate development then. Right? Like, that's... And I think the Bears would be okay with that if if there's like some type... You don't need the... The townhomes. You don't need the condos. You might want an entertainment district, and that's fine. I mean, Chicago already has townhomes, condos. It needs more affordable housing, I can tell you that. Yeah. But in terms of the Bears' interests, you're probably, you'd probably accept land with maybe some capacity to add an entertainment district. Well, and I have no idea what their, uh, you know, business plans are if they if they were to go down that route would they just flip the arlington land or would they still develop it even without a stadium don't know they spent a lot of money on that presentation and all that that stuff's not cheap yeah to get those architects involved and and draw up the whole thing the amount of meetings the amount of planning that 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 went into all of that the the studies i mean they're so far down the road with Arlington Heights right now that including having closed on the land, which is no small thing that it's just still hard to envision them peeling back from that. They're not going to Naperville. I can guarantee that. <laughs> yeah. N- nobody's going to Naperville. It feels like the old bluff of the, the bears going to Gary, Indiana. Remember that one? Well, that's the funniest thing that's ever happened actually in the world. Gary, Gary, that's where you're going. Naperville. Naperville's kind of nice. I've been to Naperville a few times. It's far. No, we're not going to Naperville. 
Well, I'll go, I'll go back to covering the Hawks then. I yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. You can drive down, drive down the Kennedy one time. You will change your mind. Oh, I know. I'm done. Yeah, I, you, I have. You can, you can get the neighbor. <laughs> trust me, you can get the neighborville faster, even from your house. <laughs> get downtown right now. It is awful. Um, all right, we got some questions. Yep. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Where are they at? Where are they at? Sorry, I'm still in leave mode here. You're. Your leave from leave? My leave from leave. All right. This is from David. We'll be a little bit different with these questions. From David on Twitter. Which road game this season are you looking forward to the most? Hmm. Oh, this is a simple answer for me. New Orleans? Yes. Um... Just double checking the schedule here just to make sure. I mean, New Orleans is a good one, obviously. My boring answer is always Lambeau and Minnesota. I just love those stadiums so much. But that's not really the... You know what? And I made this point when there was all the rumors about uh, Germany. I disagree with you because we get to go to New Orleans quite a bit. Kansas yeah, City... No, Kansas okay. City. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, I'll give you Kansas City. Because because Kansas City, um, first of all, is a, it's a good town. Amazing food, especially the barbecue. And the stadium's awesome. Arrowhead is a cool place. Plus the matchup, Patrick Mahomes versus Justin Fields. I, I To me, the especially because this is a late September, should still be warm, relatively beautiful, because it can get pretty hot in Kansas City, too experience that humidity in the summer but late September I think the answer is Kansas City okay I might change my answer for that let's think of the food in New Orleans I mean New Orleans is great obviously and let's see that's early November that should be nice down there that time of year too another trip to SoFi too this time against the Chargers that'll be a Bears home game (laughs) definitely I mean, against uh, the Rams, it was like still a Bears home game. Yeah, against so the Chargers, it's gonna oh be like seventy percent Bears fans. Yeah, I already know a few people going to New Orleans and um, L.A. It's a great road schedule this year. I mean, Tampa it is. too. You get Tampa uh, if you want an easier trip where you don't spend a lot of money on tickets. I mean, going to Washington D.C. No one goes to those games. <laughs> I shouldn't say nobody, but. You can get in there, and it's a nice, easy trip. There's so many good options this year. stadium so far away, though. I would not go to Cleveland in December, though. All right, another question from David. Are there any standouts in OTAs just from a physical looks perspective? Guys where you were surprised by their physique or speed. I'm on the record saying that Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens have impressed me. Yep. Big athletes strong just just impressive just in terms of physique size speed everything you want in terms of a big athlete up front yeah for me in terms of size Tremaine Edmonds I've been a huge Tremaine Edmonds fan for a long time but I've never actually seen him like up close and personal on a practice field like that and and I wrote this in my newsletter this morning he is a defensive lineman with running back speed playing Mike linebacker I mean, he's a unicorn. You you, just, you don't have that. It's 
it's uh, every, every single practice it stands out. And I think fans that show up uh, to training camp and get to watch some of these practices are going to have the same exact reaction. And then on the flip side, you know, Tyler Scott surprised me at how small he was. But what I will say is he has stood out to me on the field at the same time. And he's been he's been mixed in there a little bit. One of the deep balls that Justin Fields overthrew yesterday was to Tyler Scott, who had a step on Tyreek Stevenson. Could have been a completion. So, See, can I say something about like that incompletion doesn't bother me. In a way, like I know you want your quarterback to hit it, but he's throwing to a player who's been on the team for two weeks, three weeks. Or they've practiced together for three yeah. weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's got to be some chemistry worked out here. Not everything is instantaneous in this world, everybody. The one that bothered me, that one did not bother me as much as the one that he that he um, threw to Valus Jones in the end zone because the ball landed out of the back of the end zone. Can't catch a ball that's out of bounds. It's true. So that one is just like, you gotta you got to keep that ball in bounds. You got to give him a chance. All right, two more questions. This is from Ryan Finley. Is this Pat Finley's brother? Maybe. Wow. For someone who has paid zero attention to OTAs by design, what are the absolute key highlights so far? I think it's easy. He wears number two, and he happens to be good at catching the ball. Yeah. Well, and this kind of mixes with the last question because in terms of like watching watching DJ Moore – all, all disclaimers, right? It's, they're in shorts, blah, 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 no pads, we get it. Okay, all that said. To me, in that setting, the really good players should really stand out. And it's kind of like when you're watching college football and you're trying to figure out who the top prospects are for the NFL. Like, those dudes should really stand out. Be like, wow, that guy's just, different he's better than everyone else that's the experience I've had watching DJ Moore in OTAs he is just quick he knows how to get open talking to Tyke Tolbert the Bears wide receivers coach yesterday just hearing him talk about how like let's not forget he's learning a new offense here and he shows up to Hal's Hall after a relatively surprising trade and like hasn't screwed up and like, and another key thing is if there has been a mistake, he has not made the same mistake twice. It's like, okay, got get that corrected. So for all this to be the case while he's learning a new offense that he hasn't been in, it's uh, it's been pretty impressive, even if it is shorts. And I want to repeat this from a previous podcast. I like that the Bears aren't messing around. They just put Darnell right at right tackle. Yeah. Speaking of like physiques and size and athleticism, Everything the Bears said about him is true. Cole, Com- dude. Yeah, Cole Komet joked yesterday that uh, Darnell Wright fell down in practice the other day, and he just like very athletically rolled into a somersault and popped right back up. And Cole was like, "There's like the most gracious somersault I've ever seen a 330-pound <laughs> man. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a 330-pound man. I thought it was going to be a joke about like uh, that registering on the Richter scale or something like that. <laughs> no, he was so gracious about it. It didn't. All right, final question. And I like this one specifically for you. This is from Connor. 
Are the Vikings in official rebuild mode with the release they made and with Hunter being on the trade block? Uh, the Vikings are in an interesting spot. I, I don't... They're they're definitely not where the Bears were, where they had to tear it all down. I mean, they have pieces there. Um, I don't have the cap numbers in front of me, but I don't... I, they're not in cap hell, I don't believe. But... They are in a position where I think it's very—it's going to be very, very hard for them to duplicate their season last year. And I think the like the stats, the the analytics said that was happening anyway because of all the oh. close one-score games they were in. Right, same roster, same situation. There's just analytics say there's no way they win the same amount of games. It's just the turnover luck. The you win, and the same said for the Bears. The opposite way, they the amount of games the Bears lost in one score games. There's usually a correction, and the Bears have upgraded their roster. I feel like the Vikings have tried this before, where they try to reload while remaining competitive. Like it happened under Mike Zimmer, where like every other year they were good. They yeah, playoffs, and they don't make the playoffs, and they would try to consistently reload, and they were pretty good at it. Like Mike Zimmer had a lot of success there. Now they have some stability at quarterback with my guy, Kirk Cousins, but all that plays out in the end. I think they're going to try to do it again where they try to reload while staying competitive. But what I would say is that they were able to do that because the Bears and the Lions haven't been very good. That looks a bit different now. We know the Lions can be competitive. We saw that last year, and everybody's high on them again. And I think we can all agree that the Bears are going to be better this season as well. Um, I actually, I feel like I'm in, in a rare person that actually loves the opening matchup with the Lions playing the Chiefs. Because, and look, there's there, there can be a lot of fool's gold in week one and week two of the NFL season. I'll give you that. Like, let's remember the Bears beat the 49ers in week one last year. But that being said, like, I still, I, I don't know how to read the Lions. Like, my gut tells me that they're not going to live up to all the hype because they are the Lions, and the Lions will ultimately lion. But there's also part of me that's like, I do think that they have a lot of good pieces that are that can develop. And like, Hutchinson's obviously a stud. So, like, they have some good players there. So, if they can compete early... They're only going to get stronger as the season goes along with um, what's-his-face who got suspended. Why am I blanking on his name? The wide, the really good wide receiver. Um, oh, he'll be back. Gambling? Yeah, Jamison Williams, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the division's wide open. With Aaron Rodgers gone, everything is up for grabs, even for the Packers. No team really stands out above the rest, in my opinion. And, I mean, and you know what, though? For the Vikings, if you're giving away like two of your best players, or, sorry, giving away is not the, the best way to put it, like releasing one of your best players and having one on the trading block, like that's not a good thing, though, just in terms of talent leaving out the door and not adding equal talent within it. Yeah, I this Dalvin Cook thing to me is not that big of a deal. I mean, Dalvin Cook's a really good player. Um but these types of cuts have to be made in June a lot. Like, they happen. It's a running back. But I, I do think it's 
and I like Alexander Madison, but I don't I don't think that you're going to get the same type of consistent dynamic production that Dalvin Cook gave you. So it's definitely I think I I don't think there's any question the Vikings are set up to have a down year. Now that could still be seven wins, maybe eight wins, but they're just not going to be able to duplicate what they did last season. All right, that was the last one. It's it. No, there's other ones, but I think we've covered everything. Okay. Um, Well, another good OTA. We're done with OTAs actually. Next week's mini camp. I'm out. You got the fish man coming in? Yeah. Special guest. No, I think we'll probably... I just got to figure out the timing. Well, next week's a busy week for me. We also got Carmel summer camp starting up. Nice for those to mini camping summer camp to line up together. I don't know who scheduled that. Bears. I feel like some teams had their mini camp this week. They did, right? You could do it. I think the Vikings did, didn't they? Um, no, I'm just playing along. So it's going to be a busy week for me. You're off. We'll find some time to get it. We'll, we're probably just going to be doing one episode, to be honest with you, next week. Um, it's also my 10th wedding anniversary Ooh. on Thursday. So I will be missing one of the one of the mini camp days, too, because uh, my wife and I are going to get out of town. So, But we'll, we'll 100% get an episode out to you during mini camp um, and whatever news comes out, whatever observations we have, I think Kevin Fishbane will probably join us. And um, even if we have to record it at two in the morning, we will. At least I will. I don't know if Kevin will. Um, we'll get that out to you for sure. So stay tuned for that. Appreciate all the love and support. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. Please rate and review the podcast. Uh, and that goes a long way to helping spread the pod. Same thing on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit that like button. Appreciate everybody that watches along that way too. Merch is up, obviousshirts.com. Check it out. We're working on reloading some of that stuff and uh, restocking. So stay tuned for that because I know there are a bunch of stuff kind of out on sizes, uh, but we're working on that through the summer months. So hopefully that's all squared away by the time training camp starts, which is, you know, kind of scary, not too far away. And then we'll be back in two weeks after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone was asking about that. Oh it's yeah, the summer. When, oh, when, yeah, we're in the. We do this every year in the summer. Uh, training camp comes around. We're back full go, no question about it. And um, but we do have to enjoy these summer months, summer days while we got them. Kind of recharge the batteries. So, all right, we're out of here. Uh, you enjoy your time off, Johnsy. I'll be back next week with the fish man. We'll break it down. Mandatory veteran minicamp. Mandatory for everyone except for Adam Johns. Got that right. Talk to you later. See ya. One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hogg, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name, 